Hi, this is Karen Rowland, founder of Hush Providence. Welcome to my new weekly well-being podcast, Real People, Real Conversations, Real Life. We'll be talking about all things relating to the human experience. What makes up a life? What creates joy and happiness? What makes humans the same or different? How do we care for ourselves and each other? We'll even try to answer the five W's of well-being. Who, what, when, where, and why. And how this all fits together. A little ambitious? Maybe. But join us as we connect with local topic experts, peers, mentors, and healers. Welcome to today's episode of Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. I'm thrilled today to introduce Christina Razaleski. She's a senior consultant at Glint. She's been there for about four years. She's a prior manager and lead advisor for Burson Deloitte Consulting, and she's the volunteer executive director of RIEEC, Rhode Island Employee Experience Council. Can you elaborate a little bit on that role? Sure. Hi. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Um, Well, the Rhode Island Employee Experience Council is a group um, actually that you started, which (laughs) I'm so (laughs) awkward to say, right? Um, But it's it's a wonderful group of individuals who all work in the employee experience space in Rhode Island. Um, who come together on a monthly basis. So we have people who are in HR, who lead um, diversity inclusion, rewards, um, well-being, all different aspects of the employee experience um, as a whole in in Rhode Island and Southeast Massachusetts organizations. And we talk about the types of things that are impacting um, our organizations and our employees today and and brainstorm and really talk about how we can um, utilize best practice to impact our collective employee experience. Well, I'm excited that you took that role on and thank you so much for doing that and and continuing all of that. Um, So let's talk about Glint and you, li- you listed in LinkedIn, the best compliment ever was that the Glint People Sciences team is one of the nerdiest sets of people data nerds out there, which was hysterical and funny and awesome. <laughs> um, I want you to talk about the recent big news from Microsoft that Glint is now joining Viva in July of 2023. And then tell us about Glint and why you chose to work there. Sure. Um, well, let's see where to begin. Um, the... Well, that comment or that compliment, the nerdy, it is the best compliment. Um, (laughs) You know, I I guess the thing is, is I'll say that um, Stacia Gar, who made that compliment, um, Stacia Gar and Danny Johnson, the former colleagues from Burson by Deloitte, um, they started their own um, consultancy many years ago, Red Thread Research, very well-respected analysts in the HR space. Um, and so for them to say that they hardly trust anyone and are giving our study far more credence than they would give most vendor studies, um, is everything, um, and, and really has high regards for the work that we do. Um, and so, you know, we call ourselves people data nerds, um, and that's, we get super excited about, finding new evidence and finding new insights that is going to help people be happier and more successful at work. So it just all comes together, if you will. And 
Um, yes, we're, we're joining Microsoft Viva. We've been, you know, kind of part of the, the Microsoft team um, ever since joining LinkedIn because LinkedIn is part of Microsoft. But now um, being part of Viva really just puts us right in the flow of work. Um, so we'll, it'll be easier for managers and teams to, um, to really build those habits that support people's happiness. It supports people's success and well-being at work, um, but it's also going to help organizations have a greater understanding of those moments that matter across an employee's entire life cycle and um, really shape and improve the employee's experience based on how work is done. So I, I just love that. Uh, and I think you asked, well, why did I join Glint? And it it all goes back to that. Um, I was at Burson by Deloitte. I was leading a panel at our conference around employee engagement, employee experience. Um, and I had uh, Justin, um, who was our leader uh, as part of that panel. And uh, Melissa, who was, is part of our team, um, was a client at the time. And she was on that panel. And they were talking about employee happiness. And the more I heard them talk about Glint's philosophy of, of people being happier and more successful at work, even though I was in this employee experience space and I had studied employee experience and employee engagement for, and worked in it for so long, really looking at it from the aspect of happiness and helping people be happier and more successful at work spoke to my heart and my values and um, I said, I've got to be part of that team. And so from that point forward, I knew that I had to keep watching for openings at Glint and I had to be part of the Glint team. Um, and so that's what led me to Glint. That's awesome. I love it. So, you know, it's May 2nd and May is mental health awareness. Yes. Um, actually, I don't know if you saw the news this morning, but the Surgeon General just today mm-hmm. announced the importance of mending the social fabric of our nation to combat mental illness and loneliness. He did a, a detailed framework of how we need to do that and how we all have to be responsible. Parents, coworkers, neighbors, we all need to get it right. It's getting yeah. to that to that place in time that um, it's very important more now than ever, probably. And now a shout out to our sponsor, The Good Seed Market. 138 Central Avenue, Seekonk, Massachusetts. Started in 1989 by three friends with a goal of creating a neighborhood market offering simple, natural, organic products for a healthy lifestyle. Now a member of the independent Natural Foods Retailer Association, our friends at The Good Seed are offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first purchase just by mentioning Hush Providence. The Good Seed Market a place where ideas can grow. Several years ago, Sean Aker wrote The Happiness Advantage. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a Harvard graduate, mm-hmm. New York Times bestselling author. He mentioned that healthy, happy employees equals productive organizations and talked about positive psychology and all of that. Right. Um, and then last week's World Happiness Summit, Karen Guggenheim, the CEO and founder, talks about why happiness is a global movement. And finally, Sarah Cunningham, Managing Director of World Wellbeing Movement, talks about the well-being paradox Mm -hmm. and how companies need to focus on not just one-off well-being programs and over-investing and those types of things, but actually fixing fixing the root cause. What is going wrong with with employees and why are they not happy and why are they having burnout and those types of issues? So what are you seeing as evidence of all of this in your work? Great question. 
you know, I think of the, I don't know if it's an analogy, but it's very similar to, you know, you think about health in general, and there's been a lot of things written or said about root cause, right? And so you, you know, we go to the doctor and you say, um, my foot hurts and your, and so the doctor says, okay, well, let me, um, let me just bandage your foot and give you some Tylenol because your foot hurts. But why does your foot actually hurt? Does your foot hurt because you, you don't, you've got gout. Does your foot hurt because you broke it doing something? I mean, what is the root cause of why your foot hurts? So we need to get at that. And I think, um, that's the same thing with what we're experiencing right now at work. And so one of the ways we approach engagement, and when we look at happiness, even in general, I mean, first and foremost, the way we measure engagement is we ask, how happy are you at work? Um, And it's not a measure of um, dispositional happiness. It's a measure of you know, if I was talking to you, Karen, I'm not going to say, or your family was talking to you, they're not going to say on average, a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. how engaged are you at work? No, they're going to say, Hey, Karen, how happy are you working there? Right. And so it's really in a conversational tone, how happy are you working at where, wherever that place is that you work? And so we look at that. Um, And one of the things that I always talk to my clients about is let's stop because our immediate thing is to jump into what programs can we quickly build or think of, or, you know, that's where our minds automatically go is what programs do we quickly want to address um, or build to address these issues? And instead, what do we need to look at in terms of norms or behaviors that we need to change as an organization to address whatever the issue is. And and we need to do that through conversations and it's a culture change and it's a way of thinking differently. And so some of the evidence we're seeing that relates to that is when we look at words and and comments around burnout um, and the words that people are using around stress and and mental health and you know, when people are using words around inflation and, and uh, basic quality of life, and they're talking about needing to be able to put food on the table and basic needs types of things that are, are coming up. So it's really clear to me that there's this um, blurred line between being a human first. You don't stop being a human the moment that you go into the office, right? You're always a human. And so we have to remember that in how we think about our employees and how we uh, how we work with people and how we talk to people and, and how we uh, address people in the office. And, and before I even say build programs, um, build approaches to serving our employees as well and working with them. It's a more holistic approach in how you care for people and how Correct. do they have that sense of belonging. And yeah. especially given the past few years and what we've all been through, what we continue to go through with the news. I mean, I don't even really watch the news that much anymore. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just not good. So, yes. um, and people are dealing with all of that, even though you try to push it down or whatever, it's all there. 
So they're going into work. And that's actually a question I do have for you. Are they going mm-hmm. into work or is it is it remote? Is it hybrid? Is it a mix? Like what what's going on at this point? It, it definitely is still a mix. Um, I don't have the facts in front of me. But I know that the hybrid is definitely the, the higher number right now in terms of what we're seeing. But in terms of what people want, they definitely want uh, more flexibility. And so um, we ask a question around, I am satisfied with my ability to choose when and where I work. Um, and so really this concept, I mean, people want autonomy, they want autonomy and empowerment in terms of making decisions about their work and they want autonomy about making decisions about when, when, and where they do their best work. And so if that means that I do better work at two o'clock in the morning as appropriate, you know, if it's asynchronous type work where maybe I do some of my best thinking at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) research or writing or whatever it might be by all means, maybe that's when I, I should be doing it. Does that lend itself to that sense of loneliness though, and not belonging? Cause you're doing work on your own in your, in your home or whatever, you're not having that connection on yeah. a daily basis. You know, I mean, I'm just wondering for some people it could, but for others who perhaps are more introverted, they perhaps get their sense of belonging in different ways. And so, you know, I think the, the main thing is one size does not fit all. And what we're finding is that people don't want to come into the office to sit into a cubicle or a conference room to have to get on their computer and just do, again, asynchronous work or to go into the office and get on a Zoom call to talk to other people when they could do it at home. And instead, organizations are looking at ways for in which they can use that office to really build the connection. For instance, I have one client who is even exploring ways where they're saying, come to the office, leave your computer at home because the whole, so they're looking at the office as a truly, we want you to come in. The whole purpose for that day that you come in is we are doing team building exercises Um, or come into the office and it's going to be a team meeting or like an all hands uh, event. Um, And that's what people are asking for. How come we don't have any more of these um, all hands gatherings in person like we used to? Um, And so I think, you know, organizations really have to be purposeful about those types of things and how they're, you know, rethink how they're using the space. Do you think the C-suite is buying into all of this, the whole well-being mantra at this point? Do I think they're building? Mm, I think they buy into some of it, but again, they're thinking very programmatically about it. So do we invest, what can we invest in from a a, um, rewards or benefits type offering? So do we have classes? What does that mean in terms of health insurance? What does it mean in terms of like EAP offerings um, instead of really looking at the core of their culture and thinking, you know, do we need to empower managers Um, to learn how to coach people or to say, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? Um, Or to really invest in, again, flexibility and what that looks, I mean, that's a harder, harder lever to pull, right? Definitely harder, definitely harder. And maybe they're still doing the band-aid, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it'll come around though, because it's such an important conversation. So um Let's continue the happy discussion here and talk Mm -hmm. about the 20 tips from the people scientists. You want to talk about that that just came out? 
Sure. So we were, uh, again, we always talk about happiness. And um, so we were thinking about, well, you know, if you, if you think about happiness and again, our own life experience as people scientists and the many, many conversations that we've had with, with clients. Um, and you think about, again, uh, one size does not fit all. What are those things that we suggest um, if, if we're to take kind of ownership of, of bringing, you know, having the most happiness and, and bringing yourself best self to work to do the best work? What does that look like? Um, and so our team kind of put our best thoughts together on what that looks like and um, some really great ideas um, that we shared, but I'll just, you know, share a few and, you know, a lot of them are focused on lifting other people up and connecting with other people. And I just love that. Um, but some of the other ones and one that really um, resonated with that was my uh, suggestion and is important to me is making sure that you find um, your passions and your strengths. Um, because at the end of the day, you have to find what you love and what is going to give you the energy to, to ultimately make you happy. I mean, we can't all work on the things that are going to give us the most energy every day, all day, every day, you know, but finding a job that the core of what you do are those things that are going to give you the most energy is what's going to make you get up and not have those Sunday scaries, if you will, and say, I love my job. And I'm so excited about going in and doing this and doing more of it. Um, and so it's about balancing those in a way that is passionate for you. So, um, and a lot of other things like working for, with organizations where you, you're connected to the purpose of um, either the work you do or the organization that you do. And there's a lot that's been um, written about that lately, finding meaning in your work um, and or finding an organization that you connect with the meaning uh, or finding work that you really, um, it, that inspires you. Um, so a lot of that purpose work as well. So I really encourage you to take a, um, we can share the the link to that article as well, but there's some really great tips about um, ways to kind of dig deep on those, those happiness, uh, quotients, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And I think gratitude is definitely another one that can be added if it's not in there already, yeah, but, yeah. you know, definitely doing that, just taking a pause. People are burnt out. You talked about that mm -hmm. overwhelm. You just take a breath, take a pause, stand yeah. up, walk around. If you, if, you know, if you have the opportunity to do that, mm -hmm. I'm reading a book called micro joys right now by Cindy Spiegel. And it's got all, all sorts of tips and everything in there about what you can do, what you can sort of take control of in your life yeah. to kind of have those little micro joys happening throughout the day. Cause I think I that's important. That. Yeah. Um, okay. A question for you first, mm -hmm. before we get that, you have two professional goals, well-being and to teach the yeah. HR professionals of the future. I love that for you. Um, do you have a personal goal that you want to share? I do. I think it's, um, it, it's always really been, um, well, I, you know, part of it is one, I've been doing more meditation and yoga lately. And so just really getting good at that. Uh, my balance. It's a practice. So, you know, it is a good practice. <laughs> just quieting your mind. And, um, and I feel like I, you know, each time I do it, I'm getting better at it. But, um, so that's something that I've been focusing on a lot lately is, 
um, just a meditation piece. And that's awesome. And trying to do that. Yeah. And I know you're a role model for your children. Um, what do you hope <laughs> they see? I hope I'm a role model for my children. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I had shared with you, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, who's 10 said to me the other day, mom, you have a really cool job because you get to help people be happier at work. And that just made my heart happy. Um, cause that's what I want her to see. But, you know, I was thinking about this and we all have at least one fam family member or friend who's had a horrible work experience that we've talked to. Um, and I want to be able to make those happen less and less. And my children for the bulk of my career have grown up listening to me advise organizations on how to treat people like they matter. And, you know, so I think about those little ears listening through all these years to the, you know, to me, they may not have heard the other end of the conversations, but to me, um, how to treat people like, like they're people first. And so my hope is that when they enter the workplace, that they will remember to find one that treats them um, with respect that one that does good for the community and one that will ultimately make them happy and that they know that they can find that I want them to find a career that's going to make them happy, not one that will make myself or, or their dad or someone else happy. And um, that's what I hope. That's awesome. That that's a great I answer. role model for them. That's a great answer. Christina, thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, sharing your insights and importance of happiness at work and in life. I mean, I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, be well. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. This would not be possible without the incredible help from Jamie Farinella and Stephanie Whitehead on branding and logo concept. John Papa's endless generosity. David Davignon and Austin Lynch for their skilled technical expertise, and of course, our amazing guests, and all of you, our listeners. Until next time, be well.